Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 41 of Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Radio. I'm your host, TJ Branson, and I am joined once again by the lovely Zachary Vogel. Hey, hey, hey. Today is Monday, October 15th. Games just started. Kings and Maple Leafs are 1-0. The Canadians are up one zip against the Wings, and the Stars and the Senators are scoreless right now. Uh, Matthews gets another point. Jake Gardner gets a point. And Kasperi Kapanen gets a goal. It's been a wild ride for the first couple weeks of the season here. Here we are. What is it? Week three. It's like the second week or second matchup rather in Yahoo, but week three. And so much has already happened. I mean, Toronto, they're scoring like a hundred goals a game. The Knights are scoring zero goals a game. The Carolina Hurricanes are actually pretty good right now, even despite how poorly their goalies are doing. Let's, let's start off the episode talking about Toronto, your favorite guys behind the, uh, on the Flyers. Yeah, man. I mean, they're tearing it up. It's pretty It's pretty sweet. I, I'm pretty psyched. Uh, what's great for Toronto is their stars are really leading the way. They're getting some extra help from some more unlikely characters, but it's the stars that are really performing. Um, and when I say that, I mean like John Tavares, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner. To me, it's almost like they're proving that they can run this ship without Nylander. Yeah, and that's a that's a big storyline shadowing this one. Uh, I wrote this all before before the game got started and 46 seconds in, they score a goal. But uh, now they're up to 30 goals in seven games played. And I can't even call it seven games played because they're still – the first period is not – it's like a little more than halfway over. You got guys like Morgan Riley who has 13 points now. Austin Matthews who has what? Like this – I think this is point number 15 for him. Yeah, he, he's, he's got 10, 10 goals. goals and five assists. John Tavares, ton of points. Mitch Marner, ton of points. Like so many point per game guys that are already here. I don't know. Do you, there's no way this can keep up. No way. Well, I mean, of course, there's no way it can keep up. They're going to be good all year. Don't get me wrong. But I mean, as much as I love Austin Matthews, dude, he's shooting at a 50% pace. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he's got 10 goals, 20 shots on goal. That's pretty easy. 50% that's, that's right 50%. there. That's an easy one. I think I, I think we can handle that. Um, he's got an easy early lead in goals. He's 20% of the way there to a 50-goal season already. We can't count that out of the conversation anymore. He's got to be considered as a 50-goal scorer going in. That would be awesome, but I'm not going to count my chickens, you know. But it's still going to be uh, I mean, fun to have like but, a three-person goals race for the rest of the year. You got Line in that conversation, Ovechkin obviously, and now enter Austin Matthews. So luckily, though, for the Leafs, they actually have a three-game week when a lot of teams this week are really only going to have two games. So hopefully they can keep it up. Yeah, like eight teams or something like that have only two games this week, and there's some major players too. So let's get into some of these players that have just been – fucking going bombs away all right morgan riley uh up to the minute right now he's got 13 points through six and you know a certain amount of minutes let's just call it six games because this game's not over yet 13 points in six games three goals 10 assists six of his 10 assists are from their power play which is converting on 47 percent right now which is second in the league only to dallas uh morgan riley he's shooting at an ungodly 13 percent which I only say ungodly because he's been shooting at like three or four percent for his entire career. He's already got half the amount of goals that he had from last year, and this is all within six games. And his shot rate's not that bad either. Through six games, Riley's almost averaging four shots on goal right now. 
And then you got John Tavares. Yeah, he's got 10 points through six games, six goals, four assists, 23 shots on goal, three power play points with a pair of goals and an assist on the man advantage. He's been pretty much as advertised. It's been perfect, an absolute monster way to start the season. Everybody here, it's – I don't and think – And he's another person with another crazy shooting percentage. I mean, there's no 50%. He's a 26%, man. It's at 26.1. Like, it's, it's their whole team. They're honestly – their shooting percentage for the whole team is at 15.3%. The entire team collectively, <laughs> even your crap ass, like bottom of the rung D men that like are hardly ever taking shots and just never score like, or get any Gardner who has one shot. You know what I mean? Like it's just yeah. everyone. Uh, hell the league average for shooting percentage for a team is 9.8% a full five and a half points above. So, I mean, as a team, they're, they're not going to be able to keep it up. But, I mean, like we were saying, it's all of your big guys. So, next you have Mitch Marner. He has 10 points through six games as well. So, that puts Matthews at 15, Tavares at 10, Mitch at 10, three goals, seven assists. And it just seems like he's really clicking with John Tavares. So, you know they're not going to break that up. And then on top of the hill, like we were saying, is Matthews with 10 goals and now five assists during during this game that I'm watching right now in the background. And it's only on 20, uh, 20 uh, shots on goal. So, I mean, this whole 50% thing can't last, but you got to live it up while it does, you know? Yeah, it seems like going into this year, we were almost wrestling with the idea of having him being a lock for a first-round draft pick. And now – He's in the conversation for a top five pick overall going into next year, at least. Like, I know it's still super early in, and I'm, I'm being super knee-jerk reaction about it. But, I mean, they've iced six really impressive games. And it, even if this continues at half the production is right now, we can be talking about next summer, we can talk about Matthews being a top five pick. You know, companies such as Kudrov, McDavid, Crosby, Ovechkin. Uh, like we've been saying, we don't have to tell you guys that a 50% shooting percentage isn't sustainable or that Matthews is going to score 137 goals this season at this pace or 191 points by season's end. But we can be seeing a McDavid-Matthews showdown for the Art Ross. You know, that's well within the realm of possibilities right now. And I know you're happy to have him on your team. I am. If anybody's listened the past couple of episodes, I've been doing this whole Austin Matthews for the Art Ross. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I feel it. Like, the whole thing is... uh, I love the move to get John Tavares, but it's not like Austin Matthews is playing with John Tavares. I mean, on the power play they are, and them together is just nasty, but they can split it up. He's on his own line. So, I mean, it's all these other players that are getting points because of him. Like, we brought up Kasperi Kapanen. He's producing. I mean, he's already got his third goal of the season, one tonight. Yeah, it's just a little bit of everybody. And that's the thing. When you have players like Tavares... It makes everybody better. When you have players like Austin Matthews, it makes everybody better. Are they going to slow down? Of course they are. Of course they are. But they're still going to be dominant. Yeah. They're still going to be dominant. I mean, it's so awesome to have that one-two punch that you do in Matthews and Tavares. It's like what we've been seeing out of Pittsburgh with Crosby and Malkin is you don't know which line you want to key in on when you're sending out um, pairings to like match up with. So – Whichever one you decide to do most of your focus on, the other one is just going to run house on you all night. Having that, it benefits either of them, both of them. 
But do you remember what I said to you the other day uh, when we were getting like way ahead of ourselves? What? What happened? Did you hear that? No. What the hell was that? Like, where did that come from? <laughs> what was it? What it was did like it sound a like? Commercial of some sort. Oh, do you have um, hockey from reference? Being on there? hockey reference. Yeah. Hockey reference every once in a while just throws one of those at you. That fucked me up, dude. I think, <laughs> like, where the hell was I? Um, uh, and we were talking about a couple days ago. We were getting way ahead of ourselves about Matthews and and that kind of thing. Oh, so I don't know if you remember what I talked to you about the other day, but I love the fact that Toronto's scoring all these points and, and getting all these goals and everything. But come playoff time when the game kind of changes, if you hit a skid and you're giving up tons of goals like they are like they're winning games don't get me wrong but they're scoring seven goals and winning by two like yeah if you run into a good defense you know what i mean just because you need to win a one nothing game and they're holding you to it yeah that's what the playoffs are so i mean i love the maple leaves and how they're they're starting out but i've seen things like that happen yeah you got freddie anderson who has an 899 right now and a 302 goals allowed, but he's still won four out of five games. He's got 400% for quality starts and a goal saved above average of negative one and like a quarter. So he's not doing as well as he's supposed to be doing. And the team's doing a lot better than they are supposed to be doing. So, I mean, I don't know. I haven't heard anything new about Nylander Um, just going into this. And you got like trade rumors around the corner. Everybody's saying, oh, we got to trade him for a D. I mean, of course, that's what the fans are going to say. But uh, the organization is saying he's not being shopped. He's not getting traded, anything like that. So when you have fans that are looking at this, their team that's scoring like the most goals in the NHL right now and how well they're doing without Nylander, it's easy for them to say, oh, we don't need him and think about him as a trade chip. But the truth is Nylander's out there every single day training. He wants to come back. He knows that he's going to kind of set the benchmark out of the Matthews, Marner, that whole trio for contracts. And he's going to be the one that everybody just assumes is going to get the least amount of money. So he doesn't want to be left so far in the rear view mirror. So I think that's a lot of what, what kind of what's happening. Um, it's not so much like Toronto undervalues him or Nylander overvalues himself. He just doesn't want to be left out when you're giving away a third of your cap to three players, the way that, Chicago did so far back. Like you got Traveris already making ten million. What's Matthews going to get? Probably twelve more than that. Marner probably a solid eight and a half. That's that's a lot of money, and you got to make sure you get some too. And that's the whole thing. I mean, that's that's the hard part. As a fan, you almost have to hope that they can come to some sort of. They got They really have to sell him on the Stanley Cup. That's how. That's how they make this work. They sell him on the Stanley Cup, say, we're trying to get everybody to do this for years to come. So if they can do that, they have a chance of getting him down to where they need him to be, but there's no way it's going to be at eight and a half million. If and when Nylander does come back, what does that do to Kasperi Kapanen? It, I mean, it, it obviously drops him down. Do you think so? I mean, what if... Yeah, I do. I mean, what what do you think... I mean, uh, that would be Babcock could be like snake bitten by it. Like, oh, I don't know. There, there's people out there taking this the wrong way. Like Nylander doesn't give a fuck about the Maple Leafs, that he's this selfish guy and all that kind of thing. So maybe Babcock is one of those people and, you know, throws him on the third line, tries to get that top nine going rather than a top six. 
because you already have the chemistry that is Kapanen and Matthews and Hyman, all these guys know each other so well and know how to play with each other, that why wouldn't you try that out? I mean, that definitely would be really scary. I'll say that much. A, t- a top nine in Toronto. Yeah. What would you think the most likely thing would be? Do you think they just slot him right back into the top line um, whenever he does sign, if he signs? And what do you think that would do for Matthews? Is it going to break up the chemistry that they're having right now? Is bringing this guy back into the room after all those kinds of thoughts everybody's having and stuff like that? Like, does it ruin the chemistry? I mean, my gut reaction tells me that he slots back into that top line. I think so, too. It's just, I don't know, it's just my gut reaction. Just how I feel. Um, Because, I mean, it's not like that third... It's not like he'd be playing with bad people on the third line, though. You know what I mean? Obviously, like, if you're a Nylander owner, uh, which I am in one of my many leagues, uh, you want him playing with Austin Matthews. But if he's playing on that third line, chances are he's playing with Nazem Kadri and Connor Brown. That would probably literally turn that third line maybe even into the best third line in hockey or at least the best scoring line. I mean, it's a threat. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, I I would even think that their number two line is top one or two in the league too. Their second line with John Tavares, Marner and Zach Hyman. Zach Hyman is a serviceable player and he's like, way 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 below the people that he plays with you know what I mean? and he's and that's what but that's the whole thing like he's not bad and like even if Kapanen goes to the third line you still have a pretty good third line obviously yeah, Kapanen you do. Isn't, yeah. isn't as valuable as he is right now but I don't know I'm thinking the first thing that happens if I'm a Kapanen owner is if Nylander signs I'm trying to trade him right away just sell high sell high sell high I'd maybe even think about trading him now you know, yeah, I mean, it, I mean, he's, on, he's on the upswing. I mean, it's not like you're going to get somebody's fucking boat for him, but like you're going to get somebody and you know, I mean, at some point in time, Nylander's got to get signed. And everything's so. coming out saying that they're not like moving. So like you got to think that something's going to happen. And I mean, if Kaepernick ends up staying on that first line, I'd be surprised, but I'm going to go with no. Okay. So yeah, we can leave that one. So then you got Jake Gardner. He has he has now five assists in in their game so far, including the one from tonight. But it almost feels like he hasn't been there. You got this onslaught of offense, all these goals, and you only got a piece of five of them. And it just kind of seems like – I mean, you, right now you have a defenseman that has more points than Eric Carlson, but it still feels like you want more. You want more. And he's only got one shot. I, I don't know if he has a shot tonight, but he's only got one shot through these games. Yeah, it's like everybody else is doing awesome, and then there's Jake Gardner runners. And, I mean, honestly, I I thought he'd be – I would have been interested in drafting him. Hell, I'm still interested in picking him up. If somebody wanted to trade me, I'd be fine with that. Well, maybe I'll but, trade him to you for Shabbat, maybe. For Shabbat, huh? Yeah, maybe. That would um, be an interesting one. Do you consider – is there anybody else outside of these stars and obviously guys like, so I would count all the relevant Maple Leafs is Matthews, obviously number one. Then you got Tavares, Marner, uh, Morgan Riley, then maybe Kasperi Kapanen, uh, 
do you do you have any interest in Nazem Kadri? Anybody else that's kind of on your radar? Um, don't get me wrong. I mean, Nazem Kadri is definitely like next on your list for players that you would want. I'm not banking on someone like Nazem Kadri. I think there's probably even better people out there. Don't get me wrong. I, I don't dislike Nazem Kadri, but unless he's playing with someone like we talked about, uh, his stock definitely drops. Like I know going into the season, I was really high on Andres Janssen. And he, he, I mean, he had a really good year with the Marlies last year. He had 54 points in 54 games. Um, and then he had another 24 points in 16 playoff games with 10 goals. But now, right now, he's getting fourth line time, second power play time. He's got one assist. He's only got four shots through these games. And he's averaging like eight and a half minutes a game. Um, yeah, no one likes a healthy scratch. No one likes a healthy scratch. We'll get to that with uh, Kevin Shattenkirk later. Um, bum, bum, bum. He's getting a lot of defensive zone draws right now. He's got a positive Corsi and a positive Corsi for in relative to his teammates. So he is pretty good with the puck. He's good when they're on the ice. And I was hoping that he would get more of a chance alongside Matthews, given um, his speed and his stats last year for the Marlies. But apparently he had a pretty weak camp. He's been scratched twice, and it seems like he's going to have some serious hurdles to jump, especially if he wants to beat out somebody like Kapanen, who is really meshing, and there's no reason for them to get rid of him. I mean, you're not jumping Marner. That, yeah. I think the only the only thing that you could hope out of somebody like Andreas Janssen is that he does get a sniff of that top line. But outside of that, I don't see any relevance there. Hey, I was thinking your whole Jake Gardner thing, where, what you just have like written here, where are you at, bro? Yeah. I think that could be a like a whole segment. <laughs> okay. No, just like where you have like two guys where it's like, why aren't you producing like you're supposed yeah. to? And just call it where where you at, bro. Yeah, like a cold streak segment. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that we just intertwine into each episode and it's like, hey, it's for where you at, bro. You get some right. music for where you at, bro. Do you agree? Like I was yeah. thinking that like we need certain music for like certain segments. I don't know. I can make it happen. Now's not the time to ask Randy for a favor. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I know you're super mad that you didn't get Tyler Sagan for trash, but uh, you want to make me a little ditty? All right. I feel like um, too much of the world is talking about Toronto right now, so it's definitely about time we move on um, to somebody else who's a bit more surprising. I mean, Toronto, that's not surprising that they're doing so well, but what about – uh, the Chicago Blackhawks, man, like Blackhawks, they're doing pretty well. I mean, um, Taze is showing some relevance again. You got Corey Crawford hopefully coming back this Thursday. They could be, I mean, not necessarily in the running, but they're not going to be mm, as shitty as they were last year, maybe. But I don't know. You got the emergence of some really uh, some new guys, a lot of free agents that they they picked up. So let's get into it. I mean, you got Crawford coming back. He's questionable for Thursday's game, but they did project an October 18th return date, and that's exactly when he's slated to come back. So he could play this Thursday. And then you got uh, Jonathan Taze, who has been on fire lately. He's got nine points in five games on 19 shots after posting 52 points, 58 and 58 going three seasons back. Another like really early um Crazy shooting percentage. He's shooting at 26 right now. There's no way he like continues that for the rest of the year. But I, I would think that you would have to be optimistic that he can break 60 points this year. And I think 
the team as a whole is going to come crashing down to earth from, I think they got like four and a half goals per game right now, top three in the league behind New Jersey and the Maple Leafs. It, it's all got to come unhinged at some point. But in the meantime, what do you think about Taze? Do you think it's a time to sell high or a time to be super excited about possibly having a 60, 65 point guy on your team? I mean, I talked about it last week. I definitely, I still think it's time to sell Taze. Prove me wrong, Jonathan Taze, but I still think it's time to sell Taze. If yeah. you can get him for a good return, fucking do it. Just do it. I think I agree in a, in a way that um, the longer we wait into the season, the further away he's going to get from this point per game pace. So the longer you wait, the less value he has. One thing that can probably uh, not produce at the same level, but at least uh, produce more consistently throughout the year is DeBrinket and Kane, though. Like yeah. I'll say, I'll say that much. Uh, has been playing well with whoever he plays with. So yeah, who knows if they want to break this up. What DeBrinket has six goals, three assists. So I mean, nine points in five games. That's that's Toronto numbers. <laughs> same you know? as too. Yeah, it's perfect. But, but just like the same as every guy we've been talking about, all these hot starts, hot starts. He's shooting at thirty-one percent. We know that's not going to work. Yeah, it's just early puck luck, and maybe. Um, I don't know, a really easy schedule to start the year. We got to start talking about these these new guys. I mean, who the fuck are these people? This could even be a new segment. Who the fuck are you? So you got Dominic yeah. Moon, Henry Yarkiharyu, and Alex Fortan. Who the fuck are these guys? So I did a little digging. Uh, Dominic Cahoon, he is 2% on Yahoo. He's got tri eligibility, center left wing and right wing. And he's less than 1% in ESPN right now. He's riding shotgun with Tazem to break it. Uh, he's a 23-year-old natural center who signed from Germany. He inked a – I'm going to have you take this one, what team he's playing on, but it looks like um, ECH Munchen. Munchen? Munchen. Like Bayern Munchen? Sure. Uh, he's, he signed in April. I don't know. Um, signed in April as an undrafted free agent from ECH Munchen last year and put up 12 goals in 41 points in 42 regular season games. And then he added four goals, 10 assists and 17 postseason games. He was given a contract with the Hawks and he made the club out of camp. So now he's got four points in five games playing with Taze and Brinksy. Uh, he's getting less than 14 minutes average time on ice, but did get a little bit of power play time from the second unit um, where he only put up one shot, but it remains to be seen if he's going to stay on this top line. But so far there's no reason not to keep him there. He's contributing offensively and defensively. He's got an 81% Corsi and a 3.5 Corsi relative to his team. So, again, he's doing good, and the players he's with are doing good when he's on the ice. He's got 75% offensive zone stars, and things are starting to look like they're trending in his favor to keep that spot. If not a spot on your watch list, he deserves a spot on your roster. I'm thinking I'm keeping him in mind, especially for some really lopsided matchups like the one – that Chicago has on Thursday against Arizona. Do you want me to take Yogi Haru? Yeah. Who the fuck is this guy, Yogi Haru? So next up, and who the fuck is this, is Henri Yogi Haru. We talked about him a little bit last week, but like the jig is up, I guess, on him because yeah. he's 24% owned in ESPN, uh, up 22% from last week. 20, 22% increase. Uh, 48% Yahoo, uh, up 3% from last week. And kind of like what we said in the episode last Monday, Yahoo was kind of ahead. 
on this guy. You know what I mean? Uh, which I mainly think because he's a defenseman, uh, so he kind of gets a little bit of everything. And he happens to obviously have a hell of a pass on him. But he is the top power play D-man, and he's also pairing with Duncan Keith on even strength. So if the forwards keep producing the way they are, then, well, it's looking pretty good for him. I mean, so far he's five assists through five games, even though be aware that he only got those assists in two games. So there was three games where he didn't get any points. Yeah. So, I mean, it, take it with a grain of salt. He's shooting for a young defenseman. I love that. He got three shots a game. And he's playing over 21 minutes. Yeah, I mean, you got a 19-year-old kid who was, I think he was a, yeah, he was a first-round draft pick last year, is going to be yeah, really excited. He is a first-rounder that comes out of the Portland Winterhawks system where he put up 12 goals, 59 assists for 71 points in 63 regular season games. So he's definitely more of the, like, those numbers yeah, to he's me. A, he's a passer, man. Yeah, those, those to me look like Klingberg numbers. So maybe he's like a mini Klingberg. I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but 71 points in 63 regular season games. And he's got eight points in 12 postseason games. Who doesn't love a defenseman that can pass the puck? I mean, you need it to get out of the zone. It's a huge deal. That, and by the way, I love the name, the Portland Winterhawks. I love the name. That's a sweet fucking, sweet fucking name. Oh, we got Desi in the house. Desi, Bubba. <laughs> Did you hear him? Yeah. You want to say hi, dude? Here he comes. You can help us talk about Alex Four Ten. Who are you? What do you got, bud? Brownies. Thank you, dude. I want a brownie. You brought me brownies. That's cool. Um. All right. So Alex Four Ten, another free agent signing. Uh, he has five shots through two games played. He's got under 12 minutes of time on ice. So, but he is, however, moving up to the second line with Patrick Kane and Nick Schmaltz. So he's going to be taking that Brendan Saad spot, or at least his spot to start the season. Um, and it looks more and more like Saad is going to be a scratch this Thursday. So he did practice today, Brendan Saad, but he did not skate on one of the four lines. He was skating on like an extras line. Uh, so it does look like they're trying to spice it up, uh, moving Saad down. So it maybe. Maybe Alex Fortin is going to be a staple on that second second line, at least for the next couple games, to try that out. That makes me a sod panda. <laughs> what is that? What? So you got a bunch of new faces in the Blackhawks who could – I mean, there's two, Cahoon and Hoki, Yoki Haru, that have already proved that they're relevant. But then you got a guy like Alex Fortin who should, at the very least, be on your radar going into the next game he's going to be playing. Thursday against Arizona. So he, he could make an impact. And if he does, um, make sure you're ahead of the curve there. Somebody that is not producing is the Vegas Golden Knights, man. Where have they been this year? Yeah, what the fuck is up, guys? What is up? Only have two wins out of six games. They're two, four, and oh. They haven't even gone to overtime. That was like their thing last year. They go to overtime and then they win. They are second to last, only to the Coyotes, who by the way, have been held scoreless in three out of their four games. So the Knights are definitely finding it hard to find the back of the net. Last year, we all know it, they made the Stanley Cup, and now they start the season with two wins and four losses. They only scored 10 goals in those six games. Yeah, it's easy to say that they have been struggling. Yeah, they've been struggling on things like penalty kill. That's 73%. But most of all, their power play. They're 0 for 16. 
That is easy math. TJ, what is that? Over 16. Zero percent, bud. Zero zero percent. That's right. Zero fucking percent. How are you gonna go over sixteen on the power play? So I mean, come on. What's up, bro? They have not been helping Marc Andre Fleury at all. I mean, he's got five starts and you got a bunch of frustrated Fleury owners that are not getting what they hope for and likely paid for on draft day. Right now he's got a two, three, and oh record, over three goals allowed per game, and an eight eighty save percentage. That had to have lost you at least last week. I mean, the offense probably is on the way, maybe not to the same degree as it was last year, but the goals are coming, so don't panic just yet, which is good news for Flurry. It's good news for the offense. People should start producing at a much more regular rate. It's just that I know that there's, like, I'm sure a ton of people out there that are like, I, t- I told you so. I yeah. told you it was going to happen. Like, all right. All right it's, a little, cool. it's a little bit too far back down to earth. Yeah. Um, and that, that kind of like moves us perfectly into these slow starts, yeah, like slow, slow starts. Let's do it. The whole don't panic list that we're having right now. Um, we can start off with the Kucherov and Stamkos and Hedman owners out there. Like they only, I think what, they only have two games played, three games played right now. They're one of like four teams that only have three games played. Um, you're looking at guys like Matthews, like Taze, who all have five and six games played, and Kudrov's just being overshadowed by these guys, don't you think? Yeah, well, I mean, that'll happen when you're not scoring to begin the season. So They did just shellac um, Columbus, though. I think it was like 8-2 to two or something. Yeah, and, and luckily Kudrov did finally get a goal in that one. So, I mean, he has a goal and an assist on three shots in that game against Columbus. But, I mean, there's these other guys that we've been talking about that are out there getting two, three points a night. I mean, that's that's your M.O., Kucherov. Stick to it. Otherwise, he's going to come back. I mean, he's, yeah. he's a top-ten scorer. Like, he's probably at the, a top-five scorer almost every year. So but, don't worry. Pump the brakes. It's going to be okay. But it's a perfect time to at least buy low. To try and buy low. It's, it's probably yeah. not going to happen, but who knows? People are finicky. These, People are all, finicky. A lot of these guys in the, in the in the first couple weeks, like they just panic, and it's a perfect time to buy low on guys that you know are going to get point per game or above, like Kucherov. Yeah, um, make, them, make them feel good by giving them one of your players that are just super streaky right now. And, Jonathan Tate for Kucherov. You know what I mean? Oh, man, <laughs> you get Jonathan Tate for Kucherov. I'm going to. I'd shit my pants. I don't. I don't know what I'd do. So, how about this? Uh, how about the San Jose power play, man? The number one power play with Brent Burns, Eric Carlson. It was supposed to end the world. Not so much. Yeah, they just got their first goal against Philadelphia. Of course, um, I think there were like fucking thirteen penalties in that game. But uh, Hurdle finally snapped one home with Eric Carlson and Brent Burns on the assist. So they each got their first power play point. They are ranking in the bottom 10 right now for power play conversion. You got a few teams that still haven't scored on the power play, but it does say a good bit about how um, the chemistry might be or may not be working. I mean, they're going to figure it out, though. I mean, they are at 9.5% for their power play, which is is pretty fucking bad. I mean, they're 2 for 21. I don't know. It's just we talked about gut feelings earlier. Yeah, my gut, my gut tells me that the San Jose Sharks are going to come back around. Yeah, they're second in shots per game behind Carolina. They're putting on almost 40 shots a game. 
they haven't been able to score on over 90% of their power play opportunities. And I would think that um, Peter DeBoer's insistence to keep Eric Carlson on that first unit, despite how bad they've been, shows that he wants it to work. So I think he's going to be definitely staying on that top that top power play unit, even though Carlson's only got three points and Burns only has four. They, these are not trends that we expect to continue by any means. So the goals are going to come. The points are going to come. The power play is going to gather steam. No problem. But again, perfect time to buy low. I mean, Carlson, you might be able to get a Morgan Riley for an Eric Carlson trade. That might even work out. Woo. <laughs> you might lose Woo. it because Riley is uh, is on fire right now. But Turn it up. I mean, if, if you, you might tell me at the beginning of the year that Morgan Riley will have more points than Eric Carlson, I would tell you you're a liar. Go kick rocks. I'll tell um, you you're a liar. Marc-Andre Fleury, another one. Uh, we were just talking about it with Vegas and how they haven't shown up yet. Um, you got Fleury, who is really good in the games he wins and really, really bad in the games he loses. Uh, the games he won, he had a shutout. He had a 9.67. The games he lost, he had a 6.88, a 7.65, and an 8.57. We, we said it already. I mean, we're going to touch it on it again. But Vegas as a whole has had a slow start, and he has looked really sharp, especially in the game against Philly especially on that breakaway against Giroux. Um, he kind of stood on his head the entire game. I don't know. Another time for you to, to to try and buy low. So talking about the slow starts, we'll go over to Pittsburgh where we always just expect everybody on Pittsburgh to be fucking awesome like all the time. And, well, mostly if you're expecting that, you're not disappointed. But Crosby isn't exactly having the kind of season you would have expected. He was your keeper if you have keepers. He's a first-round pick, no doubt about it. But through, <laughs> I'm sorry. Through the first four games, he has zero goals, four assists. I mean, at least he has those four assists. They had a couple of big games where he definitely got some points. He hasn't been the Sidney Crosby this year that we're used to seeing. So pretty much just like we've been talking about, this is another one of those opportunities to try to buy low. You have to remember, he's still Sidney Crosby. He's always going to be Sidney Crosby. If you can buy low on him, do it. It'll still probably cost you, but yeah, it's worth a shot. Taste, taste Crosby. Crosby, Jesus. Try it. <laughs> so, who did you just say? Uh, what do you mean? for Crosby? Yeah, try Taze for Crosby. You want to try to trade Jonathan Taze for like the top five? If if you can pull it off, people, do it. Give it if a you shot. Can pull it off, then do it. Okay, why don't you head on up to uh, Montreal where everybody's been surprising? Uh, Johnny Druin, he was scoreless through his first three games. Uh, he finally hit the score sheet with a power play assist against the Pens in his last game, and he scored a goal tonight. Um, so that means he's got, at the very least, seven shots through five games. Playing with Domi and Lekkanen, and there's there's a lot of progress to be made here for Druin. He's he's working on slow in that cold start. He's got points in the last two. He's 18% in Yahoo, 42% in ESPN, and I expect him to be um, – well, I, w- I was going to say that he, I'd expect him to be more uh, more available next week than he was this week, but he just hit this, he just scored a goal. So likely owners are f- like breathing a sigh of relief. And then you got Jeff Skinner. Um, going into the season, we kind of like – we were drooling over the idea that Skinner is going to be playing with Eichel. I don't know what this wee shit is. Well, I was, I was pretty stoked about it. I mean, you got Eichel who shoots it like four a game, Skinner who shoots it like four a game. It was supposed to be a really good line. Uh, not long into the season, Skinner get bumped to the second line for Connor Sherry. 
And then not long after that, he gets bumped to power play two for Connor Sherry. Now Casey Middlestad is even getting some top power play time, kind of probably just to spark Casey Middlestad into some production, trying to um, jumpstart him. Like I said, I was pretty high on Skinner going into it, but what can we expect with him going forward? He he finally scored in a goal and an assist in his last game. He's got under 13 minutes of ice time, and he finally put up those the, his first points of the season. So I know he's like known to be like a turnover machine. He's not exactly a defensive player, but Housley has been commenting on him saying that he's doing like the little things right. So the problem here is that not that Skinner's bad. It's just that Sherry's been so good and they've meshed with Eichold. They're putting up good offensive numbers together. So there's no reason to change it. So why wouldn't you just keep Skinner? Don't fix it if it's not broken. A perfect example of that. How how high do you value Sherry right now? Would you consider trying to buy low on Skinner or are you trying to sell Skinner? How, what are your feelings on Jeff Skinner? I mean, I've never really been a huge proponent of Jeff Skinner. Um, I thought his big season two years back was uh, against the rule instead of the rule. I like Connor Sherry. I don't think they're going to move Connor Sherry off that spot. He's just a hardworking player and that's what they need. I just think uh, in general, he, he just skates harder than Jeff Skinner. Jeff Skinner is just shooting the puck as soon as he gets in. He is. Yeah. I see him do it a ton of times. I see him yeah. do it all the time. So, I mean, he's getting shots on goal, but like, it's honestly, there is such a thing as, as empty shots. You know what I mean? Just because somebody has six shots on goal doesn't mean that look at the scoring chances. It's a lot different. Okay. So moving on, we're going to get into a little goalie situation. Uh, and that's Jake Allen. Uh, and the, St. Louis Blues in general. So through four games played, they're 1-1-2. One, one, and two. I will say this. They seem to be losing close games. I'll give them that. But Jake Allen isn't helping his situation any. He's let in 17 goals on 122 shots for an 8-7-8 save percentage and over four goals for goals per game. Uh, yeah, you can't do that, man. That's how you end up with one win and four starts that's what happens. Yeah, especially, um, I mean, we thought they were going to be just like a crazy offensive powerhouse going into the season. Now, I will say this, just like everybody else that we've been talking about with these slow starts, I'm personally, I am definitely interested in Jake Allen. I would trade for Jake Allen on a discount in a fucking second. By the way, the Leafs just scored, I believe it was Mitch Marner. No kidding. Mitchy, Mitch, please. Canadians are up to five goals. Just a real quick update here. I mean, Tatar gets a goal. Gallagher gets a goal. Charles Houdon gets a goal. Jesus. The Red Wings are just not good. Yeah, but the Red Wings can can click on offense at times. But uh, for some reason, the, uh, the Canadian – I mean, I'll say this. There's a lot of teams that we kind of all expected to be shitty, and they're not. The Canadians, Buffalo, like we were talking about. Arizona is exactly what they what we yeah. thought they were going to be. Uh, so hey, we were all right about that one. Uh, everybody was right about that one. But yes, yeah, so, I mean, there are definitely a lot of surprising teams, and uh, Montreal is definitely one of them. What do you got, buddy? <laughs> he just dumped his dump truck all over. I was going to say that sounded loud as shit. What do you got? All right. So how about um? How about your your hometown squad now, Carolina man? Are you are you jumping on the train? Or are you kind of chilling the fuck out on them? 
I don't know if I'm jumping on the train because I don't know if I could ever do that. But I will say they've been very impressive. I'll I'll give them that. Uh, they need to do a little better on defense, obviously. But uh, I mean, with Ron Brandemar at the helm, they started out at their best ever. He had points in his first five games, four wins, one overtime loss, uh, and zero losses. I mean, they didn't lose their first game until last night. And while the score may not have shown it, because um, it kind of it went away at the end, they were competitive. You know what I mean? They're they're working hard. I mean, they were it was tied, it was not tied, it was tied, it was not tied. But yeah, so I mean, Ron Brendamore's doing a decent job, except their power play, like we've been talking about, all these all these struggling teams had everything like one major thing in common. Now there's a team that's actually doing well just because they're kicking ass on even strength, but they also are abysmal on the power play, just like the Sharks. They have two power play points in 21 attempts. 9.5%. That's a no no good. Um, The first in the league, too, in shots per game. And, I mean, that's way behind league average. The league average is 20.8. So almost 20%. Almost 21% is the league average for for power plays. They have scored um, second most goals to – second only to Toronto, obviously. So, I mean, in all honesty, if they pull that power play together, they could do something real. Scott Darling's been hurt. I mean, what happens when Scott Darling comes back? Obviously, he's their starting goalie, and you got to think, hey, maybe it's good that he's coming back. But, I mean, Matt Colhaney isn't doing that bad. He's the better of the two right now, at least. I mean, Mrazic's got a sub-900, and at the very least, I think – McElhaney is, I think he has like a 903 or something, but it's better than Mrazic. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, we're witnessing like a backup duel going on right now. And who would have thought that it would have been McElhaney? You know? Not Toronto. So. You got guys like Warren Fogle who has, I mean, just last week he was like a really good streamer, and now he's looking like a lock. And then guys like Michael Furland, Justin Williams, Jordan Stahl. Uh, they could be available in, in some leagues, and they're all producing pretty well. I mean, you got Ahu, obviously, who leads the team with 11 points. Next up is Williams with seven. Stahl, Ferland, and Teravine in each have six. Obviously, the goaltending situation is something to stay away from, but they have almost like the same problem that – well, not problem, but the same um, strategy as Toronto. Outscore the other team. That's it. Who cares about defense? Just outscore them. Yeah, and I mean, I, I even – Picked up Ferland last week. He got me an assist. I was happy about it. You know what I mean? Hey, you, you get me anything. I'm fine with everybody getting one point a game. That works for me. But like you were saying, Jordan Stahl, he's probably been the biggest proponent of this whole thing. Obviously, you know Sebastian Ajo is going to get his piece. Justin Williams has kind of like have a had a rejuvenation. Now he is owned like pretty much 50% in each kind of league. ESPN, 46%. Not too bad. He's out there in half your leagues. But that is up 22% from last week. Uh, And it always seems like Yahoo kind of has a little jump start on all these things. He's at 51% in Yahoo, and that's only up 5%. So, like, people kind of had the drop in Yahoo last week. Hey, Desi. There he is. What's up, bud? Say hi, bud. Here. Wave hi. He's busy playing. 
Uh, he's got like those letters from the. It's like you put the letter in the letter-shaped hole board. Nice. Got like all the vowels out, you putting them in put his it, dump truck and flinging them everywhere. It's great. You can't put a V in an E hole. You know what I mean? Another good story that's coming out of the NHL. I mean, obviously, before his concussion is Elias Pettersson. I had to make sure to say that one right. Um, he is concussed or at least has um, concussion-like symptoms. He was looking like the real deal. He's got eight points in five games and three assists on 13 shots. Um, he's got four power play points, and he's looking like a hold in many leagues. So now may be, may be your best time to bite on maybe find a, you're the Pedersen owner in your league, and maybe they're worried, oh, he's hurt. What if he comes back, you know, and he's all scared of the NHL, blah, blah, blah. Say whatever you have to get to get somebody biting on selling him. Uh, he's got a 40% shooting percentage almost, which is a bit wary, but at this pace, he's going to wind up taking over Horvat for the top line duties and is going to be playing with Besser and Sven Berti, I think, holds that top left wing. So he's going to get better deployment. He's going to look – he's going to win the Calder. I'm going to agree with most of the hockey community right now and say he's going to win it. I will say he's electric to watch. Like, he's fun to watch. It's fun watching Vancouver, Vancouver games because Elias Pettersson – and Brock Bester on that team. Yeah. yeah it's mean? a really good wave of young players coming through. I will say uh I love some of the teams just embracing going young. I I I like that idea. The the Maple Leafs did it the a couple of years back, and now their going young thing has turned into players that are becoming serious fucking players. Uh Vancouver's got a good thing going. They've yeah. been they've been smart. And they're I think they're they're going to trot out Adam Gaudet as the um, as the second line center now in place of Elias Pettersson. Um, he won the Hobie Baker. He's he's another really good prospect out of their camp. So keep an eye out for Adam Gaudet. Uh, one thing I would like to say about uh, Pettersson is he's one weird looking dude. I don't is know he? if you've seen. I don't know if you've seen him, TJ, but he he's one weird looking guy. He looks like a he looks like a human version of a giraffe. Hold on, I got to look at his face now. Like he kind of looks like uh, Ross's character from uh, Madagascar. That's who he reminds me of. He's very lanky. David Schwimmer. He got beat up. Did you see that hit? Yeah, I did see that hit. Oh, man. Yeah, you got two games for that one, man. I had to bring it up. I had to say it. Um, Kevin Shattenkirk, man. Where to begin here? He was... He's been scratched. He played less than eight minutes against Carolina the other night. And then he came back after the scratching and played 17 and a half against Edmonton. So, I mean, he's got to be in the coach's crosshairs right now. He's got to do something to switch up his game to get out of the doghouse. He's a minus four with 11 shots through four games. Maybe this is a wake-up call. Maybe it'll work. But this has got to have a lot of Shattenkirk owners thinking about thinking about dropping him. So what would you say to those guys? Um, personally, if it were me, I would find it hard to drop just to just drop it. I would think you got to stick it out. I know I would if I had him. If you want to sell him, you're you're selling him low. You're not helping yourself out. And one thing I can guarantee you is if you drop Kevin Shattenkirk, I mean somebody else going to pick him up. It's not like he's going to be there for you to think about it. Someone's going to take yeah, him. Unless you're in a really shallow league yeah. where there's like a lot of defensemen available. 
I, I would definitely hold Pat, hold hold Kevin Shattenkirk for now. It's still mean- worrisome, but we'll see. He's still got that top power play time. You mean those those really shallow leagues, like the ones where you look on ESPN and it's like John Tavares is ninety nine point seven percent owned. Yeah, what is that point three percent? Two team leagues. Yeah, do you have four people in your league? And even if you did have four people, John Tavares, I would want John Tavares. Yeah, like what fucking world? Unless your categories are like something so off the wall. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. I find that odd. As far as uh, Kevin Shattenkirk goes, I would say hold off. Just just take a deep breath. Hold off. Don't drop him. If you if you must get rid of him, you got you got to sell him. Um, but remember, you're not going to get what you were expecting when you drafted yeah. Kevin Shattenkirk in return. So it's a real low blow. If he's only going to be playing 17 minutes a game, I mean, in the future, then, yeah, I mean, uh, at some point in time, you really got to take a serious look at the situation. Goal. All right, let's get into some of these injuries. Um, You got Justin Schultz out long term. Going to be missing four to six months after he suffered a fractured ankle this past weekend. Uh, That's a rough one. So you got – now you got um, Oli Mata and Jan Ricola. I think I'm saying that right. Um, Bubba. Bubba. Uh, they're running the second power play unit right now with uh, Daniel Sprong, Derek Broussard, and Dominic Simone. It's kind of weird not to see Jake Gensel getting any power play time, but nonetheless, uh, still something to keep an eye out on. So, if you, I mean, if you do have an IR spot and you think Justin Schultz, he's probably a bottom of your decor type of defenseman anyway. I mean – is he worth a stash on IR, or is he somebody that you're just dropping? Justin Schultz, I'm keeping yeah. your Justin Schultz. You're keeping Justin Schultz? You don't consider him like a bottom of your roster kind of D-man? He, he's probably on the bottom of my roster, but, I mean, decent D-men are hard to come by. It's not the easiest thing. For the time being, I mean, I would say keep him. Um, I'm trying – I so for me in general, I'm trying not to – get too ahead of myself at any given time. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to run before I walk. I usually have my two my two spots that I like to rotate through, and I think I'd be able to find a spot for Justin Schultz, personally. So say you didn't have an IR spot. Are you dropping him? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, four to six months. That's February at the earliest. So, I mean, especially if you're in Yahoo and you have IR+. Plus. Yeah, stick two people in there. At least, at least I have Nylander just chilling in IR plus. That's a nice little feature. Um, all right, so kind of a smaller one here. Ryan Getzlaff, he he missed four games due to a groin injury, which isn't expected to be serious. Um, he was placed on retroactive IR today. This is going back to October sixth. Uh, so his first game could be uh, as soon as Wednesday against the Islanders. Um, in the meantime. You got uh, Henrik filling the top line, which is is going to be short lived because as soon as Getzlav gets back, um, Henrik loses that spot. Yeah, and I mean the Ducks are hurt in general. I mean it's not just Getzlav; they've they obviously have Corey Perry out for quite some time. They just got Ryan Kessler back, and I mean Jakob Silverberg just got hurt last night with an upper body injury, left uh, questionable and did not come back. 
like you said, I mean, you're kind of looking towards Wednesday. At least they have a couple of days off. They can get their feet underneath them. Yeah, hopefully Getzlav, yeah, hopefully Getzlav can finish resting up what he needs to do and get better. And only time will tell with Silverberg if he'll uh, if he'll be staying in or not. And but I mean, in the meantime, you have guys like Sam Steele who got to look on the top line. Um, Troy Terry is getting bounced around right now. Uh, Raquel moved down to the second line with Kessler at the moment. Uh, Max Comtois seems to be pretty safe on that top line, so maybe you can safely assume that when Getzlaff gets back, Troy Terry gets moved back up to that top line. Ricard Raquel can move over to the left side, maybe bumping Maxime Comtois down. So a lot of this is hanging on. Like these lines in Anaheim are so fluid just because of how much they're dealing with injuries this early in the season. Yeah, I mean, it definitely sucks that uh, that that's how they're starting out. But, I mean, still, even at that, it's – it's not like they're doing horrible. They're plugging away, still winning some games. So I mean, it's not like they're losing it. So I wouldn't I wouldn't worry yet. I mean, you still have John Gibson, so it could definitely be worse. You know yeah, what I mean? He's looking really they're, good too. They're at the top of the Pacific. So I mean, let's wait. Hopefully they'll get better and they'll hold that start. Uh because four on one is pretty fucking decent. So yeah, well four one on one, sorry. Uh, all right, so another big one that just came out. Um, well, not just came out. He was placed on IR. Um, Paul Stastny was placed on IR, and he was dealing with a lower body injury that has kept him out of the past three games so far. Uh, Stastny's got no points through three games, but he does have 10 shots on goal. So he does have kind of a slow start going for him. Um, he was expected to be this playmaker who was going to mesh really well with Pacioretty, who's a natural goal scorer. But then today, news came out that the injury is going to keep him out a lot longer than originally expected. They originally expected it to not be that bad, but uh, it could be more than two months that it keeps him out. So if you do have an IR spot, it is worth stashing Stasny in your IR spot. Um, but in leagues without an IR spot, maybe maybe now's the time to drop him. I can't see burning a roster spot for two-plus months. And for those of you that do have Paul Stasny, and you're trying to fill that spot, I mean, possibly look towards Thomas Nosek, who's going to be taking that second uh, right wing spot, and he'll be playing with uh, the Aracala and Max Pacioretty line. So, I mean, that's just a little tidbit that's most likely who's going to be uh, continuing to slot into that second spot. Um, I mean, Hala, he's only got one goal on 14 shots through six games this year, so he has seen a bit of a dip in time on ice, averaging over 17 and a half minutes but he has not broken 17 in his last three games. So, I mean, there is a replacement, but, I mean, even Paul Stasny wasn't doing as hot as he should have been, so tit for tat there. Uh, Freddie Anderson, he is missing the game tonight with Garrett Sparks in goal. In place of him, he's day-to-day with a knee injury, and they say he should be good to go for the next game. Eamon McAdam got called up as the emergency backup tonight, um, but that might be the only time we hear about him this year. You think it's Eamon McAdam? Maybe. Like Maester Eamon? That's my let's guess. Call, let's call him that. Let us, let us know, Eamon McAdams, if we're, <laughs> if, you're, if we're saying your name right. I hope so. But, okay, so you said about how Garrett Sparks is playing tonight, which he is. He's in line for a win right now. I mean, they're they're winning 3-1. to one, But is it going to be kind of like a Holtby Grubauer thing from last year? You know what I mean? Where it's like the goalies don't do all that great, but because of the team in front of them, they're winning. We've already kind of talked about Anderson's numbers. Let's see how Sparks does. Like, if he needs to play for extended time, he plays like this week, then 
shit, I'd even think about playing, picking up Garrett Sparks, you know what I mean? Yeah. For, for one game, depending on the matchup, I'd take a look at him. And that's especially if you have Fred, Frederick Anderson. Yeah, it's good to handcuff those guys. So next up, we got Dustin Bufflin. Uh, he is out with an upper body injury. Dmitry Kulikov is replacing him at even strength. Uh, he missed the game against Carolina, but he did skate today, and he he's pissed. Uh, and he plans to skate more tomorrow. Uh, this is all coming from the Winnipeg Sun. Um, then you got Nolan Patrick. He's out seven to ten days with an upper body injury that kind of looks like a head injury. He was hit during the game against Ottawa and left after only three and a half minutes of game time. Oh boy, Desi! Huh? Uh, you got Jordan Wheel centering that second line for the time being. Jake Voracek moved up to the top line with Coots and Giroux. And then you got Lindblom, Wheel, and Konechny making up that second line. As Konechny has been unable to find his offense with the top line, he they're kind of trying to switch things up a little bit. Um, James Van Riemsdyk, another Man, one out just, of Philly. Just stick with the Flyers. Let's yeah. do it. He's still got about a month. Uh, th- that's on the short side of things. He moved to the IR this week. Did not want to brush his teeth. Can you do it? Uh, Vic fucking forced, brushed him, just held him, held him down. <laughs> he was not happy about it. I can tell. All right. Uh, next up, we got Elias Pedersen. He missed, he's going to miss the next seven to 10 days. Um, well, you got some outlets calling it a concussion, some calling it a head injury. Uh, he took that nasty hit from Mike Matheson. It was kind of like a welcome to the NHL type of hit. And had him curled up on the ground. He exited the game. Matheson had a disciplinary hearing this morning. He he received two-game suspension for it. I don't think it was a particularly dirty hit. It was kind of just the finish. All right, so it was a clean hit, and then he power-bombed him to the ground like a choke slam. I mean, and, and I think that the two games came from the fact that he did get a concussion out of it. I mean, I think if he would have gotten up and skated away like normal, it would be nothing. We wouldn't yeah. be hearing anything about it. And, yeah, and, I mean, it's not like the NHL is going around handing out one-game suspensions during the regular season. It's not the it's not the preseason. So, I mean, you knew he was going to get at least two games. That's what they ended up giving him. I think, uh, I think it's fair. But, I mean, if he didn't get the concussion, it would have been zero games. However, his head did hit the ice. So, I mean, that's why it happened. Yeah. It was just, uh, I believe it was uh, – unsportsmanlike conduct and uh, interference, I think. Yeah, I think that's what they decided on. Two games for for Matheson, but uh, seven to ten days with, with Elias Patterson. So, I mean, he's not – you're going to be out with him. He's not going to be around for a week. So, it's a good time for Adam Gaudet to, to prove it. Uh, Jane Schwartz, the team believes that his – it's either a foot or a leg injury – uh, they believe that it's not too serious. So right now he's listed as day-to-day. Uh, he's been kept in the last two games following a 19-minute showing versus the Flames last week, last Thursday. Uh, Sammy Blaze is getting a short look on a line next to Shannon Perron on that second line, second power play. Um, second power play is still featuring Alex Petrangelo right now. But rather than Vince Dunn, um, it is Colton Perrieco who's getting the uh, the flavor of the week treatment on power play one. So a little bump to uh, a little bump to you there. Perry Echo getting that number one power play exposure. I mean, I don't know uh, what you've seen of of St. Louis games, but I mean, 
Blay is fun to watch. I mean, he he's a he's a quick kid. Uh, he's got decent hands on him. So I mean, I, I actually like Blay a lot. Good to see him up there then. And he's got a really cool name. So I mean, <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't hurt your chances as far as I'm concerned. Um. So next up, we got another one of my players. Uh, we're gonna go with Jonathan Quick. Uh, he is expected to skate today, um, and he's going to be facing shots tomorrow. Uh, we're hoping that he's going to be back later this week. Well, at least I am. I'm hoping he's going to be back later this week. But until then, uh, stick with Jack Campbell. Uh, he is your he's your go-to goalie in, in Los Angeles as of now. Uh, so next up we have Ryan Dezingle. A lower body injury kept him out of Saturday's game, and it's going to keep Dezingle out of tonight's game as well. The top six in Ottawa has kind of gotten a makeover here. You got Mikel Bodker uh, up with Duchesne and Colin White, and that's the top line. And then you got Brady Kachuk and his red hot play right now. He's playing with Zach Smith and Mark Stone, which isn't which isn't a bad line by any means as far as what uh, Ottawa can come up with. But for right now, I mean, top six, it's a good look. Um, Colin White's even getting power play one time in the interim. Now let's get into some happier stuff, man. Let's talk about some people that have come back. Uh, so – as we kind of touched on a little bit earlier, let's go right back to the Ducks. So you got Ryan Kessler. He's back through three games. He has an assist. He's putting two shots per game on net. He has a couple of pims, and, I mean, that's where he's going to help you out. Uh, he, he's not that point-per-game player that everybody's looking for, but he is playing with Raquel, uh, with Getzlav being out. Maybe in these next couple of games, especially while Anaheim has uh, – has a decent number of games. I mean, they're one of the teams. What's that? They do have four games this week. Yeah, I mean, they're they're one of the the teams with a decent amount of games. So Ryan Kessler might be a good pickup, especially in in category leagues. I mean, I'd be looking for him in Yahoo like a hundred percent. At least he's back. But we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I got him for the. He got a goal in his first game back, and like you said, he got an assist. Um, he hasn't let me down so far. So it's better than whoever I dropped to get him. Uh, Matt Murray. Uh, this one was like, it was kind of quick. It all kind of happened. I mean, everybody um, heard about how he was hurt. And then before you know it, he's backing up uh, Casey to Smith on Saturday when they played the Montreal Canadians, I believe. So they do have a couple of ga- uh, a couple of days in between. I think they play, um, they don't play till Wednesday. So Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Yeah. They, I, I think they don't play till Wednesday. Murray's got a couple days to get over it. Uh, Looks like the injury scare was a bit overstated, but it is worth saying that uh, this is his third concussion now in his four years in the NHL. So it's it's getting up there, and uh, we hope that this doesn't continue. At the very least, create a pattern. And then our newest favorite player in the world, Denny Cholo. Yeah, man, let's do it. Denny Cholo. He back. <laughs> uh, so, after, so after an impressive like first three games, he missed the next three. But he is slated to return tonight. That game's only at one-one. They're in the second intermission right now. Oh, it is six to one, bud. Why is why ESPN is my, must be behind? Why is my phone not up to date? Well, shit. Did he get a point? Who? Cello? No. Um, the it was Andreas Athanasiu, Tyler Bertuzzi, and Vronic. And then I mean, you got six Canadians. Oh shit. Goals. Druin got a Druin got a pair. Placanic got one. Tatar got one and Gallagher got one. Oh, and Charles Houdon. I pressed on. I pressed on the uh, the wrong name, like the wrong game. Well, look at that. I, well, at least I picked up Tyler Pertuzzi today, and he's on the one goal that <laughs> that 
that Detroit got. Eh, it's better than nothing. I'm getting my ass kicked, by the way. Are you already? Oh, my God. Chucky has 24 points. Oh, he's got Brendan Gallagher and... Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of Montreal going. Okay, well, it is what it is, you know? Okay, so next up, we got Andrew Ladd. He returned and he scored a goal in his first game back. Midway through the game, Ladd and... Why do I... I can never say this guy's name. Beauvillier. Uh, they switched spots, and Ladd was skating on the top line with uh, Barzal and Bailey, while Beauvillier played the next uh, played the next few with Filpula and Komarov. Yeah, that's, that's not exactly tongue, the best getting, of line mates. Getting tongue tied, man. Uh, tongue tied. The Islanders will do that to you. Ugh. Jesus. So, all right, I'm just going to blow through this one here. We got all these line changes. Um, I mean, there's tons of line changes, but I want to tell you guys about like the ones that are the most impactful to your fantasy lineups and maybe some streamer suggestions throughout the week. Um, Tampa has previously stated uh, Kucherov is now playing with Palat and Johnson. So the first line is right now. It's surprising to see that Stamkos moved over to the wing. Uh, Braden Point's getting a look on that top line with Yanni Gord. So your top six is Yanni Gord, Braden Point, and Steven Stamkos. Second line being Palat, Johnson, and Kucherov. Uh, I think we already went through all the the Anaheim top six. You got Raquel down to the second line with Kessler and Cagliano. And Silverberg, when he when he gets back, maybe he'll uh, be on a line with Henrique and Comtois, depending. Obviously, there's so many moving parts in Anaheim. So you, you got Getzlav up in the air, too, right now. Uh, moving over to Boston, you got Ryan Donato moving to line three. Joachim yeah. Nordstrom Joachim is Nordstrom. David Krejci and Jake DeBrusque right now. So it looks like they're kind of like cycling people in to see – um, that is on the top the top power play unit to see who's the best fit. And right now, it's Anders Bjork who's getting that chance right now. Last week, it was uh, Ryan Donato. So they're trying out a lot of looks up there, just trying to hash it out now that Rick Nash is gone and uh, Tory Krug's not playing either. Um, Columbus, real quick, Anthony Duclair is getting a look at line two. And you got Oliver Bjorkstrand going down to line four. Uh, Dallas is shaking things up again. You got Radulov on line two with Spezza and Nishushkin. And Blake Como getting another sniff on that top line. It's time they kind of move some things around down in Dallas. Yeah, they and need it's, to something it, it's, Yeah, it's time they, they they need to spark something. Like, something's so, got I mean, to I hope it works. Uh, Blake Como hasn't really come up on my radar at all. He's not doing too much offensively. But if he does, it's definitely worth noting that he's on the top line with Ben and Sagan, who are red hot right now. Uh, Florida. Uh, Nick Bukestad is out day-to-day, and Dennis Malgan is subbing in for him on the top line right wing spot right now until Bukestad can get back. New York is just – this is another one that's just like kind of crazy. Like Every single day it's different. So you got Philip Hudel, who's moving up to the second line left wing now. He was playing a center earlier in the year, and now he's playing left wing alongside Kevin Hayes and Matt Zuccarello. Um, Buchnevich was benched for a good part of the third period in the last game, and um, Jesper Faust is getting a – a whack at the top line there. And there's so much going on in New York to where it's almost like your guys' guess is as good as ours uh, as far as what the lines are going to look like tomorrow. But they're just – they're trying out so much stuff. Um, maybe one of the most exciting things that I noticed um, just going through the line combinations this week is that Derek Broussard is playing left wing to Sidney Crosby. Uh, we all know him as their, you know, go-to third-line center since they picked him up at the trade deadline. Uh, so the top line right now is Broussard, Crosby, and Gensel – with Rust, Shahan, and Horquist on the third line. And the second line is obviously Haglin, um, Kessel, and Malkin in the middle. So it's a good time to try Broussard out for a game. You know, that beginner's luck stuff with Crosby gets magnified 
And I kind of have that feeling about this one. He didn't do much with it in that Montreal game. He only had one shot on goal in 18 minutes ice time, but they look like they're going to give this one another shot and uh, definitely keep an eye on Derek Broussard. If you're playing DFS, he's going to be a cheap one. Um, if he's available in your league, maybe try it out if you got uh, a roster spot to burn when they're playing. Uh, we already talked about Elias Patterson getting sidelined and Adam Gaudet getting a look on the second line there. And out of Washington, Chandler Stevenson is the most recent capital to play with Kuzi and Ovechkin. And he scored a goal in his only shot in the last game. So, again, if it's not broke, don't fix it. And the last one here is kind of exciting for Ehlers owners who have been looking at his 13 minutes a night and just kind of getting pissed off. He is back with Line 8 and Brian Little. So Matthew Perot is getting moved to the fourth line with Ruslavich and Christian Veselainen, which is not a bad fourth line, to be honest with you. It's almost as if their third line is their checking line um, with Cop, Lowry, and um, whoever else is on that one. I, I can't remember. All right, let's start talking about the weekly schedule now. Who's got the most games? Who's got the least? Who's got the best schedule? Who has the worst schedule? So uh, I think we brought it up before uh, teams with four games this week are Buffalo, Minnesota, and Tampa. Uh-huh. Minnesota's playing one of those games tonight. So by the time this episode's up, they only have three, three games left. And I believe, yeah, I think they're the only team on this list that plays tonight. And then there is a ton of teams that have two games this week. I said earlier, there are eight teams. One is Carolina, Columbus, Pittsburgh, San Jose, St. Louis, Vegas, Washington, and maybe most importantly, Ottawa. Because just like you were saying, by the time this episode comes out tomorrow on Tuesday, Ottawa only has one game left. And that's on a Saturday where you're likely to have a full roster as it is. So streaming Ottawa players this week is not recommended. Um, Your obvious holds are like Duchesne, uh, Mark Stone, guys like that that you like guaranteed can make it through the week holding these guys. Um, and I don't, and I don't know many others. I mean, I'm gonna hold on to Thomas Shabbat. Yeah, but... I mean, he's playing really well. But if if you were eyeballing Shabbat, now is the wrong week to pick him up. So yeah. maybe wait till next week. Uh, the best schedules going forward. I like um, I like Winnipeg, Washington, and Anaheim this week. I'm not sure who is standing out to you as far as like having a really good week, but um. Just real quick on Winnipeg. They they might have the easiest schedule this week in my eyes. They're playing Edmonton, Vancouver, and Arizona. I mean, the only thing that could be better is if they were playing four games this week and the last one was Detroit. Uh, so it's a good week to have Hellebuck, but otherwise, um, they're playing on all those heavy nights, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So it's going to be a bit tough to justify adding somebody as like a week-long streamer. You're going to cram into your likely already filled rosters. And it's just it's just not something to do right now. So if you have those big guys on Winnipeg, obviously trot them out when they are playing because this is a really easy week. Hellebuck's going to be a, a no-brainer start. Uh, no back-to-back, so you got three wins pretty much on the docket. But yeah, outside of that, I'm not streaming anybody out of there. Uh, Washington, this one's another double-edged sword here. They, have, they only play two games, but both of those games are on off nights. They're playing the New York Rangers and Florida. So it's good to know, I mean... If, if you have more ads than maybe some of us that only have four a week or one a week or whatever it may be, if you have a ton of ads, then yeah, by all means, go after Washington on these off nights. Um, they're playing two pretty easy opponents right now, but uh, for like a week-long suggestion, I can't, I can't justify an, a Washington player either. So you like Anaheim a lot more than I do. 
Um, do they hit your radar as well, having one of the best schedules this week? Um, they're definitely in my top two. I mean, I, I also like Anaheim. They have three games this week, and their saving grace is what we were talking about before we started recording this. They're off nights. They play on all these off nights, and it always seems like one of them is on Sundays. So, like, those big days where you're trying to come back, it's either one of three things is, is happening. You blew out your opponent, and you don't care about Sunday. You're picking players for Monday. That's awesome. Or you're trying to come back. Maybe you're down by 7 or down by 10, and you need a big push. You have Anaheim players playing on Sunday. Oh, my God. It fucking helps, especially because they're scoring. Or you're trying to defend a small lead. And getting something to push you that little bit over, you have nine players while the other person only has seven, you know, or you have six and the other person is five for four. Like, it makes a difference. So, I mean, I'd like Anaheim, and and that's a big reason because of their schedule. I actually also like Colorado a lot. Uh, Colorado plays New York, New Jersey, uh, and New York as, as in the Islanders. I mean, either New York team I want to play against, you know what I mean? <laughs> Uh, to be honest with you, New Jersey, who's looking really good to start the season, and then Carolina, who's also looking really good. I've seen that New Jersey can slip up. I know that Carolina can slip up. Oh, yeah. One thing that does suck for Colorado is clearly they are on a uh, a road a road trip. Uh, they're they're on the East Coast, but still, I like those matchups. And uh, Colorado is another one of those teams that has in. Uh, embrace starting to go young and stuff like that. And I like the way they skate. They're just a hardworking team. So I think they can give these East Coast teams a run for their money. Yeah, somebody like Tyson Jost is worth looking at. He gets that top power play time, and he's pretty low-owned. He's only he's less than 1% in ESPN and 4% in Yahoo. So he could be somebody worth holding, um, given that he's likely to be going up against either Keith Kincaid Peter Mrazek, uh, Curtis McElhaney, or even if Darling comes back. I mean, he's still somebody that's worth lighting up. And then you got Thomas Grice and Robin Leonard out of the island. So he's going to have some easy goalies to go up against. So, I mean, for a week-long ad, I'm looking at Maxime Comtois. He's got five points in six games. He's on the first line for the time being. He's getting second power play time. He's 2% in ESPN, 12% in Yahoo. This left winger can provide uh, some good offense when you can make up ground on those off nights. So it's worth noting also that Sam Steele has been practicing on the top power play unit, which is only going to continue if Getzloff stays on the shelf. So um, Sam Steele outside of that top power play unit, I'm not looking at him for a streamer, but I do like the move of Maxime Comtois this week. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. I, I like Maxime Comtois too. I picked him up at the, at the tail end of last week. It paid dividends. Uh, he, he was also on the goal last night for Silverberg uh, with Silverberg's breakaway. I mean, he's he's available in almost every league. He's only 2.4% ESPN and 11% in Yahoo. Just like before, it seems like Yahoo's catched on a little before everybody else is. So who would you think has the worst schedules this week? Um, TJ, I, I know how you feel about Edmonton's schedule this week. And, and I... They have a rough road ahead. I could not agree with you more. Like It is scary for them. Thank God they beat the Rangers because that's going to be the only win they have in a while. The only thing is about next week, I believe they at least have four games. 
Yeah, against uh, Pittsburgh, Washington, Nashville, and Chicago. Yeah, well, four games is still four games. I'd rather my my guy playing four games instead of two. Any but, interest in trading for Talbot? <laughs> as as it is, so we're talking about like a lot of teams with winning records. So tomorrow night on Tuesday, they're playing Winnipeg, winning record three and two, still winning record. But then they're going uh, back home. They're playing Boston, who's four and one, and Nashville, who's four and one. That it just doesn't look good. On top of the fact that they play on a, they don't really play on. Yeah, it's not like they're really playing on like off days or anything like that. So a lot of people are playing on Saturday. They played on Sunday. Maybe it would be a little different. But when you're playing all these teams that are above five hundred and you're struggling to start out the year, it's not looking great. Oh, hey man, you'll like this. Kisberry Kapanen got another goal. Did he really? Yep. Two goals this game. He's up to four. Matthews on the assist. Ah, oh, man. Why didn't I listen to myself? Why didn't <laughs> yeah, I listen to Allen myself? Hasn't. I hope that y'all heard me last week when I told everybody to pick up Gasperi Kapanen, and now he's fucking tearing it up. And I'm yeah, just getting up there. I'm just getting assists off of it instead of goals and assists. Well, you have uh, you have Brady Kachuk, don't you? Yeah, you Brady Kachuk did score a goal. Yeah, you got a deflection goal. Looks pretty good. All I'm right. Getting, back, I'm back into it, right? Uh where do we leave off? Sorry. So uh, I know you also you also like Buffalo. Yeah. Tell, have, tell me about have. Buffalo's schedule. Well, why got, is Buffalo why is Buffalo's better than better, better than, than uh, Edmonton? Or, or worse than Edmonton's? Maybe At least worse it, than Edmonton. They have four games this week. Four games. Yeah. yeah. So so it's definitely worth picking up somebody like Connor Sherry, who is pretty low owned. Uh he is seventeen percent in Yahoo, eight percent in ESPN. And if nothing else, you can get four games out of the guy. He's first line, top power play. He's got dual wing eligibility. Definitely somebody to hold for the week. Although, I mean, you're going up against really rough opponents. You got the California road trip and you got Vegas tomorrow night. So you got Vegas and then LA, San Jose, and Anaheim. So it's going to be hard for them to score goals. Uh, Not a good time to have Carter Hutton right now. Anybody else, I'm looking at him. Connor Sherry especially. (laughs) Okay, so you said about Buffalo right there, and you know one game out of the week? I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo a lot. Against San Jose? Actually against Los Angeles. So they, know, yeah, if Quick comes back this week, it's going to be a much harder matchup. Well, if, if Quick comes back this week, then maybe I don't like Los Angeles as much. But right now, Quick isn't back. If Jack Campbell is playing and they're, and they're on a back-to-back, on top of the fact that so this back-to-back that they're playing is at Los Angeles and at Anaheim. Now, I'm not sure which game Carter Hutton is going to start out of those two, mm-hmm. which is your starting goalie up in Buffalo. I'm kind of thinking that uh, with them playing on Sunday, I don't hate their schedule. Um, and I don't really hate them against Los Angeles either. They play a couple of struggling teams, being Vegas and San Jose. So, I mean, it's not the worst schedule in the world. Yeah, I think uh, Edmonton's got a really bad one coming up. And don't sleep on Ocposo either. I'm not sure what his uh, what his ownership is, but yeah, I mean, if he's available, give him a give him a shout. I mean, he's available. He's available in a decent amount of leagues. I'm I'm just saying, throw, I'm throwing it out there. All right. That being said, let's move into our daily streamer segment. I think we touched on a couple week long ads that'll be good for you. Um, let's just go day by day. So like we said earlier, 
It's Monday. It's 9.47 on a Monday now. And this won't be up until tomorrow. Until tomorrow so yeah, t- tomorrow afternoon. So we're going to start with the Tuesday matchup. Which one do you like? Uh, which one do you see as being the best matchup to pick somebody up for? I personally like Minnesota going against Arizona. And in that matchup, I'm leaning toward Charlie Coyle. In fact, I picked him up myself after I wrote this because maybe I just talked myself into it. Um, in ESPN, he's 13.7% owned. And in Yahoo, he's 9% owned. So, I mean, he's a solid pickup that's going to be out there on most leagues. For this segment, I'm always looking for like your, a little a little bit deeper look. But with Tuesday's matchup against the Coyotes, uh, they're pretty fucking abysmal. You know what I mean? Even though Charlie Coyle hasn't lit it up exactly, he has kind of spread it out, to be honest. Uh, he has one goal, one assist, four PIMS. One of those is on the power play, so at least he gets some second power play minutes, even though he is on the third line. But with this matchup, I mean, let's be honest, most of Minnesota's top six is already gone. Yeah. And remember, Charlie Coyle is still going to get you a couple little things, like uh, he's going to get you something, some hits and blocks. He's going to help you out. I'm telling you, Charlie Coyle, decent matchup for Tuesday. Well, what about somebody like uh, Zach Parise? I like Zach Parise. I, I would think that Zach Parise is much more owned than Charlie Coyle. Well, you'd be surprised. Uh, I'm looking at it right now. He's 15% in ESPN. And I'm going to look up Yahoo. And 25 in Yahoo. So he's definitely available. He's getting added at a pretty pretty decent rank, at a pretty and- decent rate. Uh, so now it's definitely the time to catch on to somebody who is within that top six and could be available. And he scored a goal tonight. Yeah, definitely a good look. It done. It done happened. Uh, the matchup I'm going towards for Tuesday. I like that Pittsburgh Vancouver game. Pittsburgh's at home. Derek Brassard is 13% in Yahoo, 42% in ESPN. He's going to be alongside Crosby, and they're going to run train on Vancouver. Um, look for Brassard to get at least a couple apples. He might get one assist. He might get two. I don't know, but. My feeling is that he's going to hit the score sheet there. He might even be the guy that gets that gets the goal. You know how Sidney Crosby loves passing that puck around. And he's good at it. So let's see how this Broussard experiment works out. And going up against Vancouver when you're playing in your own barn is definitely the time to take a chance on Broussard going into Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday night, who do you got? I think we agree on one of them. Well, Wednesday night, I had said about Anaheim and Islanders. Um, and we already kind of talked about my guy, like uh, to a decent extent. Um, I like Maxime Contois in in that instance. You said about picking him up for the whole week. I definitely like him on the the matchup against the Islanders. Well, because they're the Islanders. Yeah, they got no um, defense to speak of. Yeah, you know who you are, Islanders people. <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you, man. So, uh, but yeah, I like Maxime Contois. Uh, we won't we won't pound it in there too hard, but. He's a decent pickup, man. I'm leaning a little bit towards the Washington at New York game. Uh, the New York Island, or not the Islanders, the New York Rangers here. Uh, you got Washington at home. It's going to be a high-scoring game. Jacob Vrana is 12% Yahoo, 2%, actually under 2% ESPN. He's had kind of a poor showing so far, but his shot rate is pretty good. He's got 15 shots through five games played. Second line time. He's got Backstrom and Oshie on the same line. That's not a bad look. So he's got 11 shots in his last three. And I, I guess I, I would add in that if, if Chandler Stevenson is out there on that top line still, he's going to be worth a look as well. All right, moving into Thursday. Probably the most intriguing game of the week, in my opinion, is the Tampa Bay-Detroit game. Um, Tampa Why is Bay, that intriguing? 
Well, just because Tampa Bay is Tampa Bay and Detroit is giving up the most goals per game in the league, almost four and a half per game. They've given up four goals tonight against, oh wait, no, I'm thinking about the other one. They've given up six goals against tonight. They're just leaking goals. Oh, the Red Wings just scored two. So, I mean, they're still giving up six goals. Another Athanasiu one. Uh, no Denny Cholo just yet. But you got you got, on, so much, you got so much going on in Tampa's top six right now. Um, there might be some diamonds in the rough to be had there. You got Alex Kalorn, who's getting power play one time. And then you got Yanni Gord on line one. Palat and Johnson are with Kucherov at even strength. You got Tyler Johnson, who's under 40% in ESPN, under 30 in Yahoo. Palat's even lower than that, 15% Yahoo, under 5 in ESPN. Uh, Yanni Gord's not somebody you can look at to pick up. He's 86 in ESPN, 77 Yahoo. Uh, after that crazy 60-plus point year he had last year. He's not likely to be on your waiver wire, but if he is, grab him. So anybody from that top six that you can find or getting power play time. And then uh, you got the Chicago-Arizona game that looks to be pretty good too. And you got Dominic Cahoon, like we talked about before. Um, He has 2% ownership in Yahoo and less than half a percent in ESPN. So definitely worth a look. Top line, Taze is red hot. The Brinkat's red hot. Dominic Cahoon's going to put up points too. So those are some good streamer matchups for that night. You're picking all these one-sided games, man. You're picking yeah. all these one-sided games. So, I mean, so you're picking uh, a game that you think is going to end up being 5-1 to one, and then another game that's going to end up being 6 to nothing or 6-2 to two or something like that. Dude, I want fucking points. I want points flying just all over the place. I want a high-scoring affair. That's why I am going to Pittsburgh versus Toronto. There is going to be be goals galore. So you're picking – so you want points from a game that is uh, 5-1. to I want points from a game that's going to be fucking 6-5. to Yeah, I'll give you that one because in a game that's 5-1, to you probably got your your better guys um, getting benched towards the later half of the game. And somebody think that's – something that's like 6-5, everybody's playing 110% all 60 minutes, so – you do have a good point there. And for that game, there there's a couple of different ways you can go. So, I mean, I like Ron Hainsey. Ron Hainsey is not maybe the guy that's on everybody's radar. Well, he's definitely not on everybody's radar. And just like with Karina, I'm going to go moderately deep on this one. <laughs> In ESPN, he's 2.2% owned. In Yahoo, 4% owned. He's He's out there, fellas. He's out there, guys. But he still plays on Toronto. I know he's gotten me a couple of points. He's a wor- he's worth a pickup. On top of the fact that he plays with Morgan Riley, and we know how he's doing. That top line, they are just yeah, scoring. There's, there's so points to be had there. So Absolutely. he's either. So you're telling me he's either playing with Austin Matthews or John Tavares. Hmm. Okay, I'll take him. You he, know? The, he just doesn't have that sexy kind of name like Morgan Riley or Jake Gardner. They, he could be somebody like a really good dev option, like you were saying. And then for Pittsburgh, out of just guys who are pretty much going to be available in a ton of leagues, I'm going to go with Carl Haglin. Okay, Haglin playing where he's been playing for, for a while. Now that he hasn't been playing on the, the top line with Crosby, he got stuck on the second line. But then again... Maybe you're not stuck on a second line if you're playing with fucking Kessel and Malkin. Yeah. In ESPN, he's only 0.5% owned. In Yahoo, he's 2% owned. He's out you're there. Tell, you're telling me for a daily streamer, a guy that plays with Malkin and Kessel isn't worth picking up? I, 
Ugh. I don't I don't know what else to say. He's, He's definitely worth the PTO. Worth that I I I can't wait for this game. I can't wait for this game. I'm gonna have it on at work. I don't give a shit about nothing. That's I am watching that game. That's definitely yeah, the game too, without a oh, doubt. Oh yeah. That that is the game of the day, as far as I'm concerned. Hands down, enough set. All right. On Friday, there are only three games. You got Nashville at yeah, Nashville at Calgary. Minnesota at Dallas and Florida at Washington. So pretty much anybody that you can pick up out of these guys uh, is a good move. Um, Jason Spezza is getting good deployment right now. He's under 10% in both formats, top power play time, uh, second line with now Radulov. So he's got a good even strength line mates. Um, another guy I like is Elias Lindholm. He's breaking 30% finally in ESPN. He's up to 50% in Yahoo. So uh, going up against Nashville may not be – Holy shit. So Dallas just pulled their goalie with seven minutes and 48 seconds left in the game. Give me a second. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to watch this one unfold. Sorry. Give, that, give me a second. Elliot Friedman just tweeted that one out, and I was like, okay, Jim Montgomery, you are a progressive coach. All right. Um, yeah, I want to see me some of that. But yeah, anybody you can pick up on one of those Friday games. There's only three games, so like I said, anybody you can pick up is going to be a good move. Uh, but the top two I like is Spezza and Elias Lindholm. Uh, Saturday, there is a ton of games. Hey, um, you, you skipped me. That's kind of rude. What the? Who, who, what else are you going to say? There's only three games. Who do you got? I, I agree. I agree with you. I also, I also think that that Spezza is the person to pick up. You're stealing my shit, dude. That ain't fair. All right, you can that go first fair. on this one. Let's do, no. uh, let's do Saturday. Honestly, I kind of already talked about my Saturday because I like Buffalo against Los Angeles. So screw you. You like hearing yourself talk? I'll just jump in on Sunday. How's this? Uh, how's the goalie getting pulled thing going? Uh, it's still 3-1. to one. Wow. I want Brady Kachuk to score another goal. Uh, actually, the goalie is back in. Oh, is he really? Yeah. That's weird. Bishop's back in. He is one tall son of a bitch, Ben Bishop. Okay. Go ahead. Who's your Saturday? Uh, I like Toronto at Toronto and St. Louis. Um, we already alluded to the fact that uh, Jake Allen's been really shaky in net. Uh, it's pretty much unlikely that they're going to go with Chad Johnson against Toronto. They don't have a back-to-back going into Sunday, and they got two days of rest, so it's going to be Jake Allen. He's got a four-plus goals allowed average. Uh, we've already overstated the fact that Toronto is good at scoring goals. Um, Kasperi Kapanen, he's almost at 50% in Yahoo. He scored two goals tonight. So you got to be ahead of the eight ball on this one because by tomorrow he's going to be up to like 65, 70%. Um, Yeah, he jumped up 17% last week in Yahoo and he went up 2.5% in ESPN up to 13%. So definitely hit while you can. Um, It's going to be an easy one for anybody that you need that you might need on Saturday. It is a packed slate, so you shouldn't really need a streamer, but Kasperi Kapanen is somebody just to just to pick up. Hey, the Red Wings scored again. No shit. Thomas Vanek, power play goal. Chuck has Thomas Vanek, I think. Yeah. You're getting crushed. Yeah. What's the score? I thought six to three on that one. What's the score of my matchup? Oh, I don't know. I have the uh, uh, NHL app open. Oh. Well, I am definitely getting crushed. Okay, so moving on. I'm going to jump in. We're on to Sunday. We've talked We've talked a decent amount about Anaheim and Buffalo. I love this game and on Sunday. 
Like I, I love the fact that Anaheim gay guys are playing on, on Sundays, but you know what? Maybe I'm going to go to Buffalo for this one. So let's stay on the West coast and this Buffalo train where they're, they're all out West and they're on this big road trip. So just like Buffalo, Anaheim has back to backs on Saturday and Sunday with Saturday being against Vegas. My guess is that Gibson will play against Vegas because I would, I mean, if, if I was the coach, I would play Gibson versus Vegas and then I would play, um, and then I would play Ryan Miller versus Buffalo. So I'm thinking Ryan Miller's going to play now, even though he's serviceable, you got to remember, he's still a 38 year old fucking gold. I wouldn't mind having the people that are playing against Ryan Miller. Um, so even like I said earlier, look for a player like Kyle Akposo, um, if he's available. Uh, in ESPN, he's 14.8%. And in Yahoo, he's at 20, uh, 20%. So he's still out there in a decent amount of leagues, about four-fifths of leagues. And he gets first power play deployment. You know what I mean? He's on the first PP. He's on the second line. It It's not like he's not getting minutes. So, I mean, I like Kyle Ocposo on Sunday. Um, it's who I'll most likely be looking to snag that day. Uh, we already talked about uh, guys like Hunter Sherry, Maxime Comtois, uh, Elias Lindholm, Jesper Fast, even like uh, Philip Heedle, which I still believe in him in. Um, these guys are all worth adding. You only got three games. Tampa at Chicago has the potential to hit the over on whatever number Vegas decides to set the line at. Uh, Calgary, New York Rangers, and Buffalo, Anaheim. So a lot of our streamers are playing this day. You can take a chance on any of them, but I think the – the week-long Comtois or the week-long Sherry is a good look. All right, that should bring us into our most added and most dropped most dropped players of the week. Um, most added, you got Kasperi Kapanen, Maxime Le- Lejoie, uh, Justin Williams, Thomas Shabbat, Henry Okiharu. A lot of these guys that have been been getting talked about a lot for the last couple weeks. So it's good to see that these guys are getting chomped at the bit, that they're getting added at a pretty decent rate. So if you want to be ahead of the eight ball, you got to start picking these guys up before somebody else does. Uh, the most dropped are Paul Stasny, Ty Ratty, Anthony Beauvillier, Brian Elliott, Brandon Saad. A lot of just like no-brainers here. Um, Ty Ratty, it's going to be a rough week for those guys, but uh, Stasny being out a couple months doesn't look good. Beauvillier got moved down to the third line. It's going to be a rough one, man. All right, it is time to dive back into these games. Um so if you guys have any questions, feel free to hit us up at FHF Hockey on Twitter. If you got trade questions, um, we saw today the worst trade in history in our league. It was ridiculous. So um, we're going to start pushing this probably next offseason, but we have been talking a lot about an initiative that we're going to dub hashtag add to rookies. And I think we finally have um, an argument for the contrary now is because one of our rookies <laughs> – Traded uh, Tyler Sagan for Connor Carrick and Alex Ayafalo. Two guys of which those two guys, Carrick and Ayafalo, were picked up on waiver wires an hour before the trade. So this one got picked- shot down real quick by the league. Um, so maybe we should pump the brakes a little bit. And don't get me yeah, wrong, I like rookies. I like Alex Ayafalo. I do. I mean he he puts himself in good position. You know, he doesn't like get any power. He doesn't get any power play points or power play time, though. 
and Connor Carrick is a third line fucking defenseman for Dallas who gets, well, surprise, surprise, no power play time. And those two players for Tyler Sagan. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. Can't stand like, for that. It's <laughs> so, so, and, and this is the whole thing. So, what we're trying to get at is it's great to have new people in your league, but you got to help them. So like maybe the guy that was going to get Tyler Sagan is really fucking pissed. And believe me, he is because he got, he got told, no, you're not getting Tyler Sagan. Uh, and he thought he was getting this, the greatest deal ever, which he would have been, but you also have to look out for those other rookies that don't exactly maybe know what they're doing. You know what I mean? So they look at that and they're like, okay, well, maybe that's not so bad. Uh, it, honestly, yeah, I feel so like it's my job. I feel like it's my job. It's your job. It's everybody else's job. When somebody's getting hosed, there's either two things going on. They're, they're not really sure of what they're doing or there's something going on. Yeah, it's ignorance or it's collusion, uh, both of which were worthy of a majority veto by the league. Um, and I'm glad that one got turned down because – uh, Randy's team looks good enough as it is. He's got Bergeron, Panarin, McDavid. Uh, defense is a little weak, but he's got Holpe, Rene. And then you just throw Tyler Sagan on top of that, and it's going to be an unstoppable team. So, And, I mean, that's fine. as long If, you, if he trades for Tyler Sagan, as long as he's trading uh, an equal trade. You know what I mean? Yeah, this one is wicked tilted. Say if you trade Tyler Sagan for Pecorino. I'm even fine with that. Yeah. Say, hey, I, I really want Tyler Sagan. I, I have an extra goalie. It's a good goalie. I can get a, a really good player for it. That is a fair trade as far as I'm concerned. But, but you got him for two waiver wire guys. Like, Yeah, you, you, uh, can't, you can't tell me that, that I understand that maybe you're upset, and I don't blame you. But I want Tyler Sagan too. Yeah, and but, I wish I could trade anybody for the two guys that I picked up today. You know, tell me about Let's it. Move them right away. Okay, um, guys. So I mean, it, that that was a little bit. Of, that was a little glimpse into our life. Um, tell us your your funny stories, your your horrible trades, um, <laughs> because this kind of stuff does happen. Um, but also remember, be patient with the with the guys that are young to the league, because that's how we spread this wonderful game that we all play. You know yeah. what I mean? You you bring new people in. So they find out that, okay, this is awesome. Because honestly, we have two other people in our league that are doing really well. Randy being one of them that made the trade. But it's his first year playing fantasy hockey. You you need those good young people to, to well, not young, but like new people to do well. Yeah. Because it's going gonna, it's gonna to bring more interest to, to fantasy hockey. And that's what we all really want. Yeah. It's a, it's a good sport. It is a niche. But – it's always fun to have more people in your league, more people in the community, stuff like that. So as we were saying, come to us with any of your crazy uh, trade propositions or anything like that. We've been getting a lot of feedback on the um, on the Twitter, people coming to us for um, like trade advice. I mean, if they should move somebody, drop somebody. If you guys have any of those questions, we're always available, and we try as hard as we can to get back to you. Um, outside of that, feel free to leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, if you are digging it and if not, just don't leave a review, I guess. But, uh, yeah, guys, we love you. We'll see you next week. Right. Love you guys.